You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Shalom. This is On Principle, Challenges in Jewish Education. I want to welcome back someone that we had on the program uh, way back, about when we about a year ago, as when COVID was just reaching its tendrils into our life and shaping what we thought was going to be uh, a new challenge in the in education, uh, how we were going to manage that. And that's uh, Rabbi Yossi Kenigsberg from Masifta Yisoda Yisrael in Elkins Park, Pennsylvania. Yes, it's probably say that's a suburb, is it a suburb of Philadelphia or basically greater Philadelphia, right? It's sort of, I think they like to consider themselves uh, an independent entity without linkage specifically to Philly, but uh, um, but yeah, I mean, they certainly, uh, we, we certainly draw our students from Philly. So. Okay. Well, I know that you are the, uh, um, your title again at the Soda, your title is the so my title is the principal. The principal. Well, that's the uh, program here on principal. Yes, you're you're perfect again. Right, but you know, my my primary uh, focus is certainly on uh, general studies, which you know, we spoke about somewhat right. at length last time. Right. Yes, and you know, I hate giving recaps, but it was so long ago. I know what we talked about last time was the forward-looking um, agenda that your school had, and we were contrasting it to other yeshiva schools because really your school is uh you know every a lot of schools call themselves yeshivish yeshiva um your school is really very much in terms of the type of students and the and the the lamude kodesh staff what we would call a classical american yeshiva uh and yet as we stressed last time your emphasis on lamude chol is much more than lip service uh, it really is readying the students uh, to become engaged, uh, intelligent citizens, and their knowledge base is 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 not only larger, but it's also applied in a more serious fashion, in a fashion that um, uh, we thought could be a model for other yeshivas of that sort. And uh, I think the the last year has shown us how important it is to have the informed citizenry who really are knowledgeable and, and able to 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 converse and write properly and, and to really be ready for that next step in their lives, which you guys at your place are readying them for. So. Right. That, that's certainly our mission statement, and we're trying our best to move forward with that. Right. And and, and, and you've just graduated your, your first class, right? That was a... Uh... Right. Yeah, that was very, very exciting, actually, uh, to do that. Um, and, um, yeah, it went, it went very well. Uh, we're, we were privileged to have Rabbi Lander uh, join us and actually Rabbi Finkelman, who was the, uh, the, I think his title was Mashkiach of the, um, our affiliates yeshiva in Queens. So he happened to, he joined us as well and, and spoke. And so, so it was, it was a very nice, uh, uh, meaningful kind of gathering and we had like a hundred people come with the, you know families came extended family it was really a a meaningful really uh beautiful event yeah and i i think that one of the things that we stressed last time was a strength in numbers and in vision 
um, when you have, uh, when you're part of something, when you're, whether, if, whether it's a Chabad Yeshiva or um, a Salman Shechter network, the fact that you do have these interconnected uh, parts to other Turo high schools and the Turo-based Medrash program, that really, despite whatever, you know, I know you'd like to push the numbers of your place even further, but you have the strength of of all the yeshivas behind you and the brain power and the just being able to the brain power and being able to brainstorm with other uh, educators. And I think that's, uh, again, one of the good models that uh, your school had. But that was really just the old pro. That was that's really from last time. Yossi, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about um, some of the horizons that uh, you're going to be advancing for in the uh, in the next year? Um, I think, because I know that you, you bring more than just a good common sense uh, understanding of how education should work. I think you also have, uh, in, in, in the years that we've known each other, which is a long time, um, uh, a perspective on uh, what one can get from uh, and I, it's more than just the the two hours of um, writing. Well, writing is one thing, but let's talk about the, the two R's, the reading and writing part, and leave the arithmetic a little bit on the side. Um, yeah, so, so uh, as I think I mentioned last time, so I, I'm um, personally sort of invested in, 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 the, in that part of the curriculum, and I actually uh, teach uh, as well uh, to administrative responsibilities and curricular responsibilities, so I, I, I teach um, English language arts uh, as well to not all the grades, but, but some of the grades. And um, to me personally, that literature and that whole area of curriculum is a, is a great place to launch a lot of um, uh, skills um, and to some extent, you sort of have to break through barriers because there's a lot of these these boys, and I think it's typical uh, in general, um, probably not even only in, in yeshivas, but but in school settings, when that uh, there's a certain resistance, um, you know, to literature, to to, to good literature, uh, and beyond that, the poetry, that whole area, uh, that whole genre, um, so. It requires um, a couple of things. You have to, it's, it's choosing selections that are going to resonate with the students, um, uh, presenting, it at a, in, presenting it in a way that's going to, uh, that they're gonna have some meaning from, uh, because there, there is a certain resistance. I mean, there, 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 there's a preference maybe for more mass cultural mass culture kind of reading or or just very for some of the boys and, and boys who are maybe more um uh, uh from from yeshivish background their their reading is is you know the typical um you know if they are reading at all it's, it's kind of art scroll fiction and not not to undermine that because that 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 some of it is is good quality and uh and certainly has its place um, but I'm trying to sort of take them in a little bit in a different direction. You know, I know that you mentioned Art Scroll. Art Scroll has like a, a shadow, um, I don't know if it's a shadow, but people, not many people know about it, but a shadow identity as, 
creating for uh, elementary schools. And I think even, I'm not sure if it goes into high schools too, but literature, I think it's called Word WordPress or not. Yes. <laughs> Series, yeah. yeah. And what they've done is really uh, understand that classics of American and British, of English literature, British in that sense, uh, can really be uh, points of expanding students' thoughts, getting them familiar with other type of cultures, but also with phraseology and ideas that they weren't they aren't going to get from people writing today um, ideas expressed in, in a noble uplifting manner and an interesting manner and they and they have created these uh, textbooks n knowing that it, they are probably first of all censoring out or i guess taking yeah. out objectionable or th aspects that uh, go anti-torah values uh, quote unquote and um recognizing that for a double curriculum where the boys and girls are studying uh, Lamude Kodesh in the morning, they're sort of like the Reader's Digest condensed version in a yes. way as well. So uh, is, are those, those books aren't available in high school? I think I, when I was teaching in the high school, I think we were able to order some of those books for, uh, for history or for some other, for some other places. Do they exist for literature? Yes, they, they very much do. Um, as it happens, we do not use them. Um, uh, you know, you mentioned Reader's Digest. Yeah, it, it, and, and um, I, I think it's a little bit, a little bit more sophisticated than that. But um, it's, it's kind of going in that, in, in that direction. There, there's excerpts from, from novels, uh, from classic novels. Um, so I, I've chosen not really to go with that. I'd rather um, choose, uh, which we we've, we've done, cho chose choose a uh, um, an actual novel to 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 go through from beginning to end and choose specific poetry. So I, I guess I'm comfortable making those those selections. Um, keeping all that in mind that you mentioned, the you know what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. Uh, what what boundary is is okay to cross? What 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 shouldn't be crossed? Mm -hmm. um, uh, so so you, even though you sort of had uh, you know Rabbi Kennigsberg and I call you yes because of course we're very yes. you know old 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 friends, um, but so even though you sort of had the the automat uh, you know dinner <laughs> supplied for you, you could have just okay order me twenty five of those books or whatever it is, you chose. Uh, to really go in a much more difficult direction where you could fulfill all the the complication the religious uh, the complications and the religious um, problems let's say if not problems but but challenges that those books seem to solve but in a way that you thought would be more satisfying and I guess would you say giving the students a greater sense of accomplishment and maybe even um, your own druthers picking up what you think would be better reading than what the art with the with that with right. those textbooks supply yeah no that's 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 absolutely correct um i i just think i i can accomplish my objectives better going through a full novel like that so so what i tell the boys actually at the, at the beginning of the year before we start is that um 
you know, obviously, ultimately, we should be reading for pleasure. Uh, but um, well, and and uh, I, I would like them to consider the reading that we're going to do in class and the study of literature that we're going to be doing into class a pleasurable activity. However, um, because it's part of our curriculum, so we, we have to think of the books that we're doing almost really like a textbook. So the same way they have a, a, a history textbook and a math textbook and, and, and a science textbook. So our novel that, that we choose and, and or, or, or any, whatever we do in literature whether, or a short story, it's, it's, it's a textbook. So, so we're, we are studying that. So I think that that changes the mindset a little bit. Um, I'm not saying everyone buys into it from, from day, day one um, and some never buy into it, uh, uh, some do, um, but, but we're using the, the, the literature that we're, that's, that's in the curriculum as, as a text to, to study. So it's gonna be a very different kind of uh, reading experience than just picking up a, a, a book um, and reading it uh, for pleasure in, in one or two sittings. I mean, we'll spend four months on a book. Right, you know, using the skills that are being teased and developed out of them in Talmud uh, yeah. in order to see that, use those same sort of skills uh, in dealing with masterpieces or semi-masterpieces of the English language. Yeah, some of the boys actually say that. I don't tell them that because I don't want to like, like equate the two uh, for obvious reasons, but some of the boys actually uh, express that at the beginning. Say, wow, we're, we're kind of looking looking at, at this text uh, and analyzing it like we're, we're with phrase, uh, um, selecting certain phrases and, and, and concepts, uh, almost like, like a, a uh, like 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 we do when when, when we're learning Gemara, and I, I you know I obviously put put the, uh, I I don't want to e make them equivalent. They're not, but but the the skill there is definitely a, a certain uh, uh, similarity in the skill. And and maybe also the the possibility of multiple interpretations. Just like you know a, a good Gemara Rebbe isn't necessarily stressing one approach, but is actually talking about the possibilities, whether it's the Pusik or what the Tan or the Mora is saying, and where do we put the comma? Where is it? What do you, what do you think is the major emphasis? Yeah. That's the type of thing that could create empowerment to the students as well, I would assume, that they're able, well, how do you take this line? Um, you know, uh, where, what do you think the main phrase here is? And why is this crucial for the next step, which is also as a Talmud teacher, we all know, uh, how does this fit in into what has proceeded before it? And how is this the key to what, what where we continue? And when we test our students about which is the key parts of the Gemara and where's the where does the Gemara now begin a new subject, I think those things fit in perfectly uh, when it comes to the analysis of literature. Yossi, why don't you give us, uh, uh, you know, we know you what you've rejected, the type, again, we don't know. I, I know those books. I actually, uh, just parenthetically, some of the people who work on it were actually schoolmates of mine. Um, I went to a, a co-ed school, uh, 
we, we, we separated from the fifth grade, but I know some of the, the women that are editors there, they actually were my classmates. So I really appreciate um, the work that went into that um, and especially the glossaries that they have there in terms of defining what for some of his students in the year 2021 can seem archaic. So tell me some of what you've done uh, in terms of like, like what are some of the books that you that you that you project that you suggested and maybe give us a challenge of how that how that worked out right yeah so you know just to preface it's not so much rejection of those books it's just that i i feel that i found a better uh, uh for, for us a, a better way uh or or an alternative alternative way um uh, so... you're a, a diplomatic and, and correct <laughs> i i didn't mean it was i didn't mean that you you slammed these things down and threw them into the fire but yeah right. so so tell me give me an example of of the books that uh... right so so for example ninth grade we've been doing lord of the flies mm -hmm. uh so you know um i i believe that many <laughs> many of us uh, uh read that book or, or pretended to read that book uh when we were in uh sure. middle school or, or or high school um you know but basically um it's about a group of boys who um are, are stranded on a uh on an island and uh have to survive the experience um and uh, they they eventually break down into um different different uh almost political camps uh, in, in a sense and and uh, there's becomes this this battle between uh, civilized behavior and, and savagery that uh, uh, that that ensues and, and you know certainly one of the themes is is uh, um, what is the nature of a human being is it inherently evil uh, or good and you know the author's premise is is uh, and, and it's based on his experiences in, in as as uh, um, uh, in the military in, in the Second World War and, and what he saw uh, and what he experienced that man is capable of uh, extreme evil if um, uh, when, when given the opportunity. So that's the, that's the basic theme uh, throughout the book among others. So, so we, we uh, you know, we, we, we find examples of that throughout the book. We talk about that and it's, it's a very powerful topic and concept and certainly um, lends itself into into uh, hashkafa of, of, of what uh, you know as, as from people what what we uh, understand a, a human being to be uh, and, it, and and it does go into in, in that direction and uh, um, I, I think this the, the the boys appreciate that sure and it, it has a lot of biblical overtones because it's uh, obviously informed the whole Term Lord of the Five is is Bezel Boob or Bowls of Boob, uh, right? Right. So, about that, yeah. So it's you know really taken and uh, you know it actually has a lot of as you know although I don't know if William Golding was 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 Jewish or not but I know I don't think he was no yeah you know, but however there is uh, actually a, you know if you read it I believe you know we read it in in near Israel I think as well and uh, you know there is a lot of Christian aspect to it. Uh, you know, Piggy's death, I think, is I'm giving stuff away. Spoiler alert. Um, so Piggy's death, I think, is, is is seen in many ways as sort of like a 
you know, the rejection of, of, of intellectualization. And he's sort of a, a martyr for the cause, whether he's a Jesus figure or not. Um, right. I think Piggy is the one that they kill. Right. They kill the boys. Um, they cry. They... Yeah. They're, they're, well, there's Simon. He's, he's more the, oh, the Simon is Jesus. I'm sorry. Yeah. Simon. Right, is, right. Simon is the saint. And right, Piggy, right. Piggy's the intellect. The Piggy, is, Piggy, his glasses representing intellectualism. Right. I have to tell you, I, I think it's a great choice. You know, maybe it, it speaks to my cynical nature, but I always I thought even in 10th grade that the the symbolism was so heavy handed. You know what I'm saying? It was so obvious what, okay, this is what this represents and this is what that represents. I, I think it's great for a, a teacher to be able to put those things on the board and put the names, the various, the various characters and, you know, talk about what they are about Simon Piggy. And I think, I guess, Jack, I forgot what the name of the leader. Right, Jack is the, the, the antagonist, the evil, the right. evil one. Right and into a, right like and a, an unbelievable level of savagery that's beyond comprehension, really. Right. I think also, you know, we, you know, we talk about uh, Lord of the Flies, uh, as you say, um, really sketching almost this horrible truth that man has <laughs> evidenced throughout, like you say, the 20th century and what 20th century was, and you know, we see examples of it in the 21st century as well, if not necessarily in terms of the viciousness, but definitely the vicious violence, but clearly in the rhetoric and other things that you hear out in the, in, in, in the world today and the political world. So I think it's, I think it's a good place to, to look at what's happening. And I'm sure you probably make reference sometimes to, to the demonization uh, of other parts of society that's occurring today. I don't know if you if you go that way with the book. No, we definitely go that way. And sometimes, you know, some of the boys who are who are, uh, I don't know, less sheltered maybe is the word, um, pick up on that right away. I mean, they 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 volunteer that information. They 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 make that 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 connection. Um, you know, they're more more aware of what's going on in the world, and and they do uh, and 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 they make that connection. You know, again, it's 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 just uh, a launching point for um, you know. Besides the fact that it's that it's um, uh, outstanding writing, um, um, but it, it's an opportunity to um, to go into these areas of discussion, and, and the book is is really the launching point for that. And, and, yeah, and, and, and writing skills. Uh, another book where we we've done is uh, with an older grade was Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. Mary Shelley. Um, right. Um, it's a little harder. So we do with an older grade because it's a Victorian uh, language in there. But again, it's 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 a launching point for, um, you know, what's the purpose of, of, of science and knowledge and, and um, you know, creation of this um, of this monster that that begins to take on a life uh, of its own beyond what the what what the creator had in mind. So that certainly uh, is an opportunity to um, um, talk about and to analyze uh, very relevant topics. And that's what I, I want to do. Also, I, I want the boys to get a sense that that these were not just old old books written a long time ago. I mean, Lord of the Flies wasn't that long, the early 50s, but to them it's like 
ancient. Sure. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, there, there, there's messages there that, that are really current. And through, through writing and through literature, um, it's not just the story necessarily, but, but the, uh, good literature, classic literature is, is just, is, is often uh, uh, just tra transcends that. It's, it's, uh, uh, it's a message, it's a theme that the author is trying to convey. I tell them the author could, could have just written an essay. William Golden could have written an essay about uh, good and evil and civilization and savagery. Uh, you know, he could have written a nonfiction book um, espousing the same approach, but doing it through fiction um, is just a more creative sure. uh, way of doing that. Which is really, you know, even from the time of Plato, you know, Plato's dialogues uh, resonate when they are put in the mouths of characters. The whole idea of information is how we package it in a way that people are connect to it and it, it could help change their lives or give them a new perspective. Um, when, when we're being lectured to, um, mm -hmm. part of our brain sort of shuts down and we go into you know, passive mode. Whereas when we are brought into using the tricks of literature to be brought into a certain place and being moved, all of a sudden our thoughts start to develop in a way that they come sui generis, they come from ourselves as opposed to, you know, what someone is telling us. And I think that that's really the great trick of of great literature. Uh, right. And I yeah. tell the boys, I want them to be you know, what I call active readers as opposed to passive readers. Passive readers, as a passive reader just reads the text and uh, um, moves on from, from page to page till the book is over. Uh, an active reader is more analytical. Uh, you know, and there again, you get that somewhat of a comparison to, to, to Gamara learning where um, that's that's the antithesis of, of passive uh, study. I mean, Gamar by definition, Gamar means uh, you know, learning Gamar means you, you are the you are you are a, a, a participant. Uh, you're not just reading a text, but you're you're actively engaged. Sure, sure. Which is again why the Talmud uh, was so careful about identifying who is saying what and what other person is saying, and then recognizing how the opinions stated here are in line with opinions stated in a different place, which, you know, it makes sense in terms of authors, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, Conan Doyle's perspective on the world that you could see throughout his work, or I would say, you know, even Mary Shelley, although I'm not that familiar with all her other works, I'm sure that it's probably interesting when you teach the, 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 this book that you mentioned that it was actually written by a woman. Yes, you know, we talk about that also. And originally she published by, under a pseudonym because she was only 18 at the time uh, and she didn't feel it would be uh, considered acceptable um, that an 18-year-old woman, girl, <laughs> would be uh, writing s such a book. So uh, right. but, we speak about that. That sure, uh, it's it's almost uh, like learning, you know, Lahavdil, learning the uh, the Shoshmaitza. You know? <laughs> when you when you're reading the youthful work of Ravari Heller, the the great Tzayzachlishen, and you say, "Wow!" And and when you read it as a student, and you and and I did started to read it when I was in high school. I say, "Wow, that's what you can do as a young person." And it's it's right. a, it actually gives students the chance you know we've talked about the we haven't talked much i don't know if we're going to get to uh the writing part the em emulating these these authors but i think it's 
telling them that it was a young woman, I think it's sort of like a challenge to them. Okay. You know, it is you... actually, yeah. Yeah. They, 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 the reaction is wow. You know, you know, when they hear that and we, and we talk about what was going on in the world at that time, you know, books, you know, you could say, well, it's fiction, well, you know, nonfiction, obviously it's about a specific event in time, but, but nonfiction, we talk about how, what was going on in the world influenced the author. So Lord of the Flies, which was written uh, during the Cold War, we, we spend a fair bit of time talking about that, even though it's, it's, it's history per se, as opposed to, to uh, English language arts, but that's very important. Or with Frankenstein, we talk about uh, Victorian society, what was going on then. So that gives the, the, the book uh, more context and, and just gives, puts more, more meat on the bone. Sure. Sure. And again, what, so those are the, the uh, I mean, we only got a couple of minutes here yeah. left. What would yeah. you, what are some of the, and what are the other grades? So we have, I think I, I agree. I, I approve. Uh, I like that. Lord of the Flies, Frankenstein. What are some of the, so, so the, actually, the so next year, next year uh, we're going to do with 12th grade to kill a mockingbird. Okay. You know, so, so that's going to open up a whole different topic, obviously. Uh, um, you know, the, what was going on uh, in, in, in the United States in the 1930s. Um, and recognizing that the book was written sort of at the, in the, at the real strength time of the civil rights movement in 1961, I believe, or 60 or 61. Right, something like that, yeah. Um, yeah, so, so that's going to, so we're going to spend a fair bit of time talking about, uh, um, uh, you know, the, uh, the racial history, that, that whole component in, sure, in sure, which is... then, as opposed to now, which obviously opens up, uh, quite a, a, a massive, uh, sure, especially, you know, you know, as our president reminded us that we haven't moved too far from Tulsa, I mean, of course, I think he was completely wrong there, but, but you know, part of what, when he went to Tulsa, right. the Greenwood massacre, you know, I think that's a. I'm not giving you some suggestions. Yes, I am. <laughs> you know, that might be. Uh, you might even want to mention. Uh, you know, even you know when you start teaching to kill a mockingbird, how uh, you know the that this has this is in the, this is front and center today. Not just you know the the police brutality with George Floyd, but and police murder, if you want to call it that. Um, and, and, and the protest that it sparked, but it's something that is still in American consciousness. Uh, what was how blacks were treated in the early part of the 20th century and how things might have changed. Uh, to Kill a Mockingbird, uh, you're, I have to tell you, I think you'll see that, that in public schools and maybe incorrectly, I think it's introduced at a, uh, a, a I think for the ninth and 10th graders. And I think, you're making a conscious choice to wait on that and to actually push it for 11th or 12th graders, right? Yeah, so that's a whole other topic. Um, you know, a lot of this, a lot of literature that's done in middle school, um, they're, they're not mature enough for it. Um, you can do, you know, you can do so much more with these, some of the, these books, uh, you know, when they're older. Um, even if the writing is a little bit simpler, but conceptually, it lends itself better to to a more um, mature group. Yeah, and I think you know another thing I'm sure you're going to emphasize, unlike 
of the Frankenstein and Lord of the Flies, To Kill a Mockingbird is a memoir. And in many ways, um, you can really gauge what those type of, what is memory <laughs> in a way, right? When you're yeah. remembering your childhood and you're talking about, you're looking back, you know, she's writing it as as an adult in the in the 60s, looking back at a different time. So it really, you know, you could really, I, I think, go in many, many areas in that way. And I, I'm, I'm, you know, one of the things I think that you've said last time is that, you know, the understanding you have of the other staff and the understanding they have of you means that they trust your choices here. So do you have to, you know, I have to submit it to the Rosh Hashiva and you have to like make your case or do they say, look, we, we've had, we have our rabbi and he's a rabbi plus he's the principal. We, we, we trust his gut instincts in instituting this. Right. So fortunately I, I don't have to go through some kind of um, um, approval process like that. I've been in places like that already. Yeah. Um um, and yeah, I'm, and I, I'm honestly extremely cautious, probably overly cautious, uh, because, uh, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not looking to, to create controversy or, or to, or, or to push any boundaries. Um, I, I, I think, uh, um, cause I've been in yeshivas, of course, where they've, where they've read, where they've read, uh, Catcher in the Rye, uh, yeshiva slash high schools where they've read Catcher in the Rye, and I think that that's to me that's pushing boundaries. Uh, although, right. no, it absolutely I, is. I, 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 you know, I applaud the sentiment of trying to you know, capture a, a a teenage rebellion and confused person, uh, and I think Salinger did that. But uh, I, I, I would have, I would object my my child having to read that and being involved in it. But again, I think that's like, that's maybe where you could really draw the line between your yeshiva and, and, and others. Um, you know, I, I think in some of the more standard from yeshivas to a mockingbird wouldn't even be considered because there's a rape issue Correct. involved. The, you know, the, the fact that, you know, that's, you know, the, the, the trial is about the rape of a, of, of a, of a young woman. And oh, we can't speak about that. And on the other hand, you know, you have uh, you know, the type of, yeah, ugly cynicism and and which occurs for teenage kids in the kill in in uh, <laughs> in catcher in the rye, which uh, although we know kids are thinking about that, we don't necessarily want to to elevate it by teaching it uh, in the yeshiva setting. So I think you've you know kill a mockingbird really is, is right there in the middle in a way that you know is is i think that's a great choice and i hope that uh you know i would just end with this i know that you know kids do go through a lot of you know, struggle and angst whether it's the pressure of performing in high school or getting along with their peers that they're just getting to know and you know taking measure of themselves and other people around them and wondering what their place in society is going to be and you know just like um gentleman scout uh, uh at the end of to kill a mockingbird go through a harrowing experience where they come very very uh close to dying and and recognizing what evil is out there and how difficult it is to to, to grow up and to be a protector but as we know in the last lines of the book Atticus was there when to, to, when he woke up Atticus sat with him all night and as the student 
so to speak, will find himself and go through that, there's going to be those Atticus Finch characters like yourself that'll be there ready for them when they emerge, always there uh, to giving support. And I, I think that's that, that's such a, a beautiful image of what we are as, as teachers. Uh, we know that in many ways, we're, we're, we're there to help guide the student through stuff, but there's going to be a lot of personal things the students are going to work out and they're going to react to what we give them in terms of our what we give them to read and we want them to respond to. But if we're there with them, like Atticus Finch, waiting for them to, to, to get through that, and they know when they, when they open their eyes that we'll be there, and they know that we've been there through that, I, I think that is a, such a wonderful uh, a metaphor of how we are with our students throughout. Right, right, right. And that's <laughs> the power of, of literature in the classroom that, uh, um, you know, can't really, I mean, wouldn't make sense to walk in and, and say, okay, let's talk about good versus evil today, or let's just, or let's talk about uh, uh, identity or whatever issues, but using the, the, the text as a launching pad for these discussions and, and analytical skills and writing skills, you know, it, it's a, it's a golden opportunity. Yes. Well, thanks again for, uh, I, I'm excited, you know, if I had, if I had a grandson of uh, that age, I know that maybe it'd be worth uh, schlepping down to Elkins Park and other places in yeah. order to be exposed to things in, in just the right way. Thanks again. Yeah. We'll, we'll yeah, check well, in with you. Visit. You can do an on-site, uh, you know, show. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. All right. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm ready when, when we want to set it up, all we need is uh, a little bit of uh, zoom magic and we'll be out there, you know, a, 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 a live example of great teaching and you know, uh, really displayed for people to understand what it's about. Be well, Rabbi Yossi. Thank you again. Okay. Take care. Okay, we'll, see you, we'll catch you everybody next time, hopefully with uh, an on principle. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.